Hey, it's day 20 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John, right about halftime, and it is just flying by. We're up to John chapter 9. We're going to cover the whole chapter today because it contains one very inspiring story with all sorts of life application for us. Have you ever had an eye-opening experience? I remember when I was a, a younger dad and our kids were a lot younger, we went to our first ever NASCAR stock car race. We're all pretty excited because I've always been a racing fan and, and our kids were starting to get the bug too, but I'd never been to a, to a race like this before. And so when we got there, our expectations were pretty high, but, but we didn't expect to, ex to experience what we were about to experience. Right from the moment we walked into the stadium, I realized I'd never been in a sporting event that had this many fans in the stands. And I've been to some big sporting events, college football games with 80,000 plus people. But a NASCAR race back in the day routinely had 120,000 plus people every Sunday. And so I'm surrounded by this mass of humanity, and it's kind of inspiring to be there. Then the race itself starts, the green flag drops, and, and after the first lap, they're up to full speed, and the cars that look like this, it's just a model, it's not the actual race car, the, the cars are flying by at 200 miles an hour plus, and they're bumper to bumper, and they're jockeying for position, going inside and out. The color, the speed, the competition, the, the excitement, pit stops that are, it's like ballet and a symphony all, all woven together. I know, I know, some people just don't like racing and they just, there's a bunch of left turns and it's boring and if that's you, that's fine. I'm not here to be an evangelist for racing today. I'm just using this as an illustration. Have you had an eye-opening experience like that where your expectations were one thing but then the actual experience was just even better? I mean, it just blew you away. I hope your relationship with Jesus Christ is like that. I hope... I hope your journey through the Gospel of John during these 40 days is like that, that you expect it. Well, it's God's word. It's going to be good. It's Jesus. We're pro-Jesus. It's, it's going to be good to have a relationship with Jesus. But did you expect that as the relationship grows, that the experience would just start to blow you away? That instead of Jesus Christ just being one thing or a thing in your life, even an important thing in your life, he starts to become the thing and it starts to order everything else? producing this joy, this peace, this, this sense of confidence that we can't get anywhere else. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I'm, I'm the light of the world. We, we covered that a couple of episodes ago. Now again here in John chapter 9, verse 5, he says that again. He says, I'm the light of the world. And then the rest of this chapter is him showing that. And it's also him inviting people to this light. Not just a physical light or a symbolic light, but spiritually, the light who is Jesus Christ. You want to talk about getting blown away and having an eye-opening experience? How deep do you want to go into John's gospel? I mean, how many layers do you think there are? Because even in a 40-day podcast like this, where we start to, to get into some of the details and some of the deeper points, which is really a lot of fun, and it's faith-building, there are so many places that... that that are yet to be explored. Every time I read John's gospel, every time I read anywhere in the Bible with an open mind and an open heart, I'm encountering the living word of God and it, it, it falls fresh again. It's brand new. Let me show you what I mean. Here at the beginning of John chapter 9, just this is an example, the disciples come to Jesus and they're saying, why was this man born blind? They see a man who's sitting on the corner on the side of the road. He's born blind. And so they immediately think, 
what was it, his sin or his parents' sin that caused him to have this suffering in his life? Jesus isn't having any of that. There are still religious people today who see it that way. They say the reason a natural disaster hit that part of the world is because they must be a different category of sinner. They must be worse. Uh, or the reason somebody got cancer, the reason somebody's got a broken relationship. Sure, of course, sometimes our sin leads to consequences, but Jesus is saying that's not always the case in a fallen world. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world. He says in verse 3, it's not because of his sins or his parents' sins that he was born blind. He was born this way so the power of God could be seen in him. The light is coming. The light is going to come physically for this man born blind. Jesus is going to open his eyes so he can see. In fact, that's going to happen right away here in the next few verses. It says in verse 6, Jesus spit on the ground. He made mud with saliva, spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. I don't know if that sounds gross to you or kind of just cool and dramatic, but either way, that's what Jesus did. And then he told the man, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So he did. And here's the cool part of the story, at least on the surface. It says the man went and washed and came back seeing. Man, trumpets are blaring, right? He can see. That's the miracle. That's the pinnacle. That's the highlight. But it isn't. How deep do you want to go into this gospel? How deep do you want to go in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Miracles are great. He healing is great. Is a man who can't see who can see. Let's celebrate it for the glory of God. Absolutely. But the bigger miracle here, the more enduring one, the one that's going to last for eternal life, not only does this man have his eyes open physically, he has his eyes opened spiritually. By the end of the story, he sees Jesus for who he is, the Son of Man, which is a phrase that comes from the book of Daniel, which means the one who sits on the, on, uh, uh, on the side of God's throne and has the power to judge the heavens and the earth. And that's Jesus. Jesus is going to ask him, do you believe in the Son of Man in the story? And he says, well, if I knew who the Son of Man was, yes, I would. And Jesus says, well, you're talking to him. And here's the cool thing. And you can see him now. You're looking right at him. And the man says, I believe. And we know from John's gospel that when you believe, man, it's a done deal. That's it. That's all it takes. Because belief joins you to the light of the world, Jesus Christ, so there is no more darkness. Now you see. How deep do you want to go? When this gospel starts, John's gospel says, in the beginning is this word, and this word is the light that leads to life. So here comes the light of the world, Jesus Christ, leading to life for this man born blind, not just by opening his eyes physically, but by opening his eyes spiritually so that he can have this gift of eternal life. You want to go deeper? When, G when God created the heavens and the earth, verse 3, the first words out of his mouth, he says, let there be light. And so there was light. And now here comes this light who is God in human form, and his name is Jesus Christ. Christ. You want to go even deeper? By the end of John's gospel, the darkness of Good Friday is Jesus is crucified. Even though it's three o'clock in the afternoon, the Bible says, everything goes dark. Suddenly gives way in the ultimate transformation that brings hope to our whole world, to the sunrise of Easter Sunday, of Resurrection Sunday. And the light shines into the empty tomb, not because Jesus needed to see his way out, because we need to look in. We need to see that we follow a Jesus who has the power to overcome all of our enemies, the ones that we can't defeat. You want to go deeper? On the surface, this is just a story about a miracle, the sixth of seven signs in John's gospel. Look a little deeper and you'll start to see the movement of it. 
that the man born blind is going from darkness to light, physically and spiritually, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are going from light, or self-proclaimed light, to darkness because they're lost in the blindness of their spiritual pride, even to the point, and this is where it gets dangerous, check yourself on this, even to the point where they start calling good evil and evil good, all for the sake of holding on to their worldly power. The man born blind's parents show up in the scene and they have another kind of fear. They're, they're afraid of losing worldly status, of getting kicked out of the synagogue. And it is, at first you get a sense that maybe their son, the man born blind, does too, but by the end you realize he doesn't care. He's willing to get a little sarcastic and a little snippy in kind of a funny way. You'll have to look for that as you do our reading today. And he goes after the Pharisees and, and because he doesn't care anymore. He knows that the one, the son of man who came to heal him, to bring him to the light, is the only thing he needs, that he needs to believe in him. Doesn't need the traditions, doesn't need the worldly status, doesn't need the worldly power like the Pharisees are so afraid to let go of. How deep do you want to go? Because that's what John's gospel is doing here. As it's done in the first eight chapters, it particularly does in chapter nine and starts introducing some new themes. Who ultimately are you going to follow? And what are you going to live for? Worldly status, worldly power, or the one thing that you really need? The one who can open your eyes spiritually to see what you've been missing all along. It's almost like John 9 should be shaded in different shades as the story goes. Follow the man born blind and watch the progression. It's not just boom, boom, boom like that. It's, it's a slow progression. He goes from not seeing physically or spiritually to being able to see both physically and spiritually. The Pharisees at the same time are shaded from light to darkness because of their spiritual pride. Verse 39, Jesus says, I entered this world to render judgment. That's that son of man phrase from the book of Daniel, that he has the authority to judge this world, to give sight to the blind, to judge what is true light and what is true darkness, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some of the Pharisees were offended, and you're saying, you talking to us? You're saying that we're blind? And Jesus says, no, you're missing the point again. Physical blindness isn't the problem. That, that's not a problem at all. What's really the greater sin, the only sin, because physical blindness isn't a sin, but spiritual blindness is. Be, you remain guilty, Jesus says, last word in this chapter, because you claim that you can see. Romans 1.32 says sometimes we can get so lost in the darkness spiritually that we start to call evil good and we call good evil. And there's examples of it all around the world. Don't give in. Follow Jesus. Bask in the glow of his light. It's for you. We'll pick it up there tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for Weekend Worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Oh,